0: Yeah, because next Thursday is football kickoff, right? Gosh, I'm
1: going to be a different person. I become a different person during football season.
0: Hello, and welcome to Fantasy Football Interrupted, season four, episode number four. This is the podcast for the every person looking for practical advice in drafting and managing your fantasy football team. And this wonderful podcast is hosted by a dynamic duo of regular dudes, myself, J-Mac, and I'm joined by my partner, Alex K. Alex K. We're here again, episode four.
1: I feel like that throws you off every single time because you don't know me as Alex K.
0: I, I do not. It's an adjustment period for sure, and I am still getting adjusted to it. And it may take me the whole season to get there.
1: It's just like when people call you John. I have the exact same feeling. So what, what are we doing today?
0: All right, well, winter is coming, my friend, a.k.a. that means the draft is coming. Drafts are probably about a week out or less for most people. Our joint league that you and I are in is uh, this coming Saturday, and then I have another one. The following monday uh so it's fast approaching and i'm sure you have a couple coming up yourself well i have the
1: exact same schedule you do sunday uh, and then monday
0: oh boy oh boy it's it's exciting times and so that's going to lead me into my fantasy talk question of the week and i just we're a week out from drafting are you excited and are you ready to draft or is this kind of like school and you're like oh shit the exams in less than a week and i haven't studied anything
1: i feel like i've waited uh long enough to start cramming it all in. I, I feel like I'm pretty good at fantasy football, so I'm not too worried. But there's also been a lot of moves uh, from teams and quarterbacks and running backs that have happened that, you know, I kind of want to make sure I've got my ear to the ground. So I, I definitely want more information if I can get it.
0: For sure. It's definitely that time of year where, you know, I think everybody's been dabbling a little bit, checking things out here and there, but now this is the week where you start just, crunching and cramming, looking at all of the lists and the sheets and all the rankings and the average draft ranking. That's where we're at. And it's an exciting time. It's stressful because now you're like, crap, I got all this work to do, but it's fun. This is the whole fun. Honestly, the draft is what's the best part about fantasy football outside of winning it all. But, you know, or coming in second place and beating your co-host on a podcast, you know.
1: Yeah, especially, you know, using the advice that was given uh, from said co-host to beat said co-host.
0: Well, you know, whatever it takes to win,
1: you know, I'm all for that. That's actually a great motto
0: right now. Let's move into our top five position ranking. So normally throughout the season, we're going to be doing the weekly position rankings based off of the given week. Uh, We've already done that. We've gone five, one through five, six through nine so far. And then we've gone over the uh, last year's rankings uh, finale rankings. So what we're going to do coming up to the draft, we're going to give our top five rankings per position. And just to give you a sense of where we're sitting at, what we're thinking. Uh, So Alex, let's uh, get right on into it. And let's start off with the one of the big positions quarterback. What is your top five?
1: I love it. Let's go down the list from five to one. And I'm going to do five. Five is Dak. I'm going to I'm going to put Dak on the five list. He's you know, they, he's going at like third ADP, I think, and I just I think that's still too low for him. Is that? Am I saying that correctly? I know last week we had an issue with you and I with numbers. You're, you're, so, you're learning. You're great. learning. So he, it's too low for him. So I've bumped him up to five, and then four. I've got Russell Wilson because he's going to be running some. He's gonna. He's a pretty accurate uh, quarterback, and. You know, I trust him to get me a certain floor every single week. Number three, here's the bomb, Drew Brees. I feel like he's going to get you at least two Ooh. touchdowns every single game. And I know that from experience, everybody. Number two, Pat Mahomes. Obviously, that just leaves. Number one and far ahead of Pat Mahomes, in my opinion, is Lamar Jackson. The Drew Brees,
0: you drafted him as a backup quarterback quarterback. Was that last year or the year before? Oh, yeah.
1: It was like seventh round or, or something silly. And I got Drew Brees and I should have started him. But that that it's still value.
0: Yeah. Well, and I'll point out, and that was a great strategy you had. You actually just did it to take it off the board, not for actually wanting him. But then he ended up being. That's the only player.
1: reason. I never planned to. Yep.
0: You got it. I'm surprised that actually our top five quarterbacks is much more similar than I was expecting it to be. Ah. Uh, I think the only difference is our number five, and I'm going to go here. Uh, I'm putting Kyler Murray at number five.
1: I, I thought about it. I mean, he's definitely got the potential, the hype. So, absolutely. I just think after we looked at the stats from last year on Dak, and that was kind of in an off season, uh, I can't imagine having an, an actual offensive line. Anyway, so I've got him as five over Kyler.
0: Yeah, I, the Dak thing is, is the one of those ones now that we both had to reevaluate. And I could possibly still put him up. Homework's not done, but this is where I stand now. Uh, at number four, I also have Russell Wilson. Uh, I originally had a three, I swap him to four for the next guy who really jumped up my board, Drew Brees. Oh, look three. at that. <laughs> and then, I, you know, of I, course. I just feel like it. He makes a full season. He's one of the top three quarterbacks in all of football, hands down. Top go. wide receiver. I mean, he's got it all. Uh, at number two, Pat Mulhomes, uh, because he's great, but he does get edged out by Mr. Lamar Jackson after the year that he put up last year. So I just see Lamar Jackson still going high. Um, so, wow, I'm surprised a bit, but also not surprised at all that you and I are thinking very much alike on that one. The Drew Brees one was the one that really just I was like, I'm, I'm pushing him up high.
1: I, I agree, and I switched him, like, right before this meeting, too. I had him lower, and as we were we were about to start, I just had this feeling where I was like, eh, I think I'm undervaluing him uh, based off just age and, and height, probably.
0: So uh, I'll throw one out here. Do you got a value pick for quarterback here? Something that, you know, maybe would you think is actually going to do really good, but it's going to probably get drafted in a lower, mid-to-lower round, or a rookie coming out of nowhere, or something like that?
1: Um, you've got the Tua Tagovailoa if you really want, like, a grab-in-the-dark quarterback. Really, really value pick. Okay. Um, he's kind of got, like, RG3 potential in his first year. Wow. Uh, so that's – I mean, that, well, the, what I'm saying is if he doesn't get hurt, you're going to see great things.
0: Uh, okay. I, I do have to put out a disclaimer here that uh, Alex is an Alabama lifer. So take that with what you may.
1: True. I can't. True. Roll Tide. I can't. Uh, I can't argue that. But yeah, that's who I'd be. What about you? Who's your quarterback sleeper?
0: Uh, I, I'm actually going to go with, I think, Carson Wentz. I think he could still put up a lot of numbers and, and you could probably get him at a very good draft position. Now, the biggest question mark is just his wide receivers, but there's a high still ce- ce- ceiling. Snap. There is still a high ceiling for him.
1: Right. And I'd also like to put a disclaimer out there for everyone listening that uh John is an Eagles fan. He's a lifer. So, so No <laughs> Birds. It seemed to work out the exact same way. Let's Man, move on to our category. We next are just a right there for <laughs> the QB1.
0: Jeez. Holy yeah. moly. All right. Moving on to the tight end position. All right, Alex, hit me. Yeah, number 5 is Ertz
1: and again, we've talked about this. I'm not huge on pulling the trigger on him. I'd rather have the other tight end. Um, but I don't know that he's fifth on my board. So basically if I don't get Ertz, I'm not going to be upset, uh, because I want the other tight end.
0: Yeah. And I, and we've talked about that plenty of times. The is one it Goddard, thing is that his name? Goddard. Yeah. Dallas yeah. Goddard is the other one. And you talked about either handcuff, be your strategy to handcuff. If you're going for Ertz. Yes. Or for me, I'm going to go with maybe Goddard. Uh, so the one wrinkle in all this is that I've, I have been seeing that, um, Zach Ertz is looking for an extension, or or they're already talking about an extension. So, if that does happen, that does re kind of shift the value though in Ertz and actually give him more value because if they're willing to give him good top money for a tight end, maybe they're willing to stick with him longer. So something. I agree. To so
1: yeah, I mean, he but again, that's not really something I want when I pick someone. I don't want it to be up in the air. Or hopefully, this and wish for that. I I want a little more stability. So number 4, the Las Vegas Raiders. I got I got Wallace. Number 3, Andrews. Yeah, wait, then, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Darren Waller. 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 Thank you. Hey, look at that. Darren Waller.
0: Look look at look at me. Me correcting the name. Wow. The
1: the problem is my own handwriting. I can't read uh I, it looks like an S. Of course, anyway. Of course it's a handy. It's an R. I just didn't draw the top of it. I see it now. D- Darren Waller at number 4, the Raiders. Number 3 is Andrews which we've all talked about that. Number 2 is Kittle and and now that like we're sitting here I may actually switch him and Kelsey just as like a bwah, 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 like a wildfire. I may actually be more interested in Kittle than I am Kelsey.
0: Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. That that's yeah, um not for me, but okay. Uh so I'm going to start off with Darren Waller at number 5. Uh, I'm moving up the board and this is kind of my surprise pick here I'm putting Jared Cook up into the number four spot that is surprising Uh, I just see it with Drew Brees there he likes a tight end and if Michael Thomas gets a lot of coverage they might be able to find a lot of open seams for him down the middle Uh, Mark Andrews hits that number three spot George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, I'm sticking with pretty much the standard right now. I'll be honest, though, the Mark Andrews of it all, I just don't know if now he's going to be covered a lot more. It's a big question mark to me, Uh, but what his production was and who his quarterback is, it's hard to not put him up there.
1: Yeah, he deserves to be third on the list. Uh, He got me like 20 points several, several times throughout the year, so...
0: So no longer a sleeper, but he is seems to probably be in the top five. Right. I'll find
1: I'll find another one. You give me four more days, I'll pick out another tight end that will come out of the woodworks. I get, I'll use the exact same uh, plan that I used before to figure it out, and uh, that'll be my own little secret.
0: Yeah, our commissioner will have to take you into a breakout room to check that you're okay. All right, so let's move on then to the defense. Uh, this is pretty quick. I'm going to say – I'm going to put a surprise one here at number five, and I'm going to say the New Orleans Saints at number five. Then I'm going to go with Kansas City, Pitt, Buffalo, and Baltimore, and that's my top five for defense. Uh, Honestly, there's not a whole lot behind this outside of kind of what we talked about last week and just looking at how they ended up last season plus some of the pedigree. Uh, but the New Orleans Saints, I just feel like they made Ma- Malcolm Jenkins is back on the team. I feel like they could be in a good position just overall as a team. And I think that could set them up pretty nice to be kind of at the number five spot. for
1: Yeah, teams. I hear that. My um, I, no, I agree. My number five is either going to be Kansas City. I may actually put New England back up there.
0: You know, that was the hard one. I did drop them down and off my top five, and they originally were there. But it's this 50-50 thing where it's either that's what their bread and butter is going to be this year again, or it's kind of a whole team thing, and they just don't have the juice anymore.
1: Look, man, me and you both agree that it's not that important to grab a defense early. But since we have to talk about it uh that's where i've got my five is either kansas city or new england i'm putting a boat there because i don't really want to decide they're kind of the same caliber for me number four is buffalo number three is pittsburgh oddly enough which was again just based off stats that we came across last week uh kind of reevaluated that i do think they're kind of in like an upscale of rebuilding their program and last year was even pretty uh dismal uh yeah. in production so the fact that they were still up there says a lot to what they could be this year then baltimore of course we've talked about the high octane offense doesn't give the uh other, gives the defense a lot to do uh, and puts the offense on the other team on their heels and then san francisco they play small ball in my opinion they, they like to just get that score real low and just run that clock out and then they win the game by two points and they're happy
0: I'll just say overall, I'm not big on San Francisco. I feel like they're the hangover team kind of from this season that there's always going to be one or two, maybe three teams or two teams from each conference that made the playoffs and then could struggle to get back in. And I have a, I, my gut feeling right now is that that could be San Francisco. Not guaranteed, but if there's going to be a team, that's the team. That's why I dropped them down. I hear you. I like them, though. All right. Good enough for you. All right, moving into our current events topic. There's not much going on. Everything's pretty kind of status quo in the camps right now. Some battles going on, injuries here and there, just some minor stuff. Everybody's just kind of playing it safe right now. I think the biggest news coming out uh, recently was that uh, Leonard Fournette was cut by the Jags. So he is a free agent.
1: So, yeah, if you've drafted, if you've already drafted your team at this point, you have Leonard Fournette. Like, you're pretty upset, right? Or are you, like, waiting to find out?
0: Well, you see, that is one of those things with these type of players that get cut at first. It's a shock. And you're like, well, crap. What do I do with him? But on the flip side, there could be an RB-hungry team that's just on the cusp of the playoffs or even a contender that really just needs that extra juice in there. But again, is he going to go to a shared backfield? Is he going to be the featured back? There's like all those questions you just don't know. I went through this last year when I drafted Antonio Brown and he got cut twice. And I just had had no idea what was going to happen. And it didn't work out for me. But, you know, it's one of those things. So here's a question for you. If he is still a free agent going into our draft, would you even consider him? It depends on what round are we talking? Isn't that crazy? Um, Isn't that crazy? Well, say say hi, say he's available in like right now the sixth round.
1: Do you pick him up? I would spend a flyer on Fournette in the sixth round.
0: Mm-hmm. Somebody's gonna somebody's gonna pick him up.
1: Fifth fifth round,
0: maybe too early. I guess crazy. I know he still put up a lot of numbers last season, but you like... don't know where he's gonna go if he gets if he goes to Andy Reid. You know you're really happy. Although there's a glut there, but maybe maybe he goes to New England. He can he, They handle problem players oh, pretty well. I don't
1: like New England running backs, the Bellatrix that he does for fantasy football I stay away from. I know. All
0: right. Well, that, it's, it's interesting. It's something to monitor and also to consider going in the draft week. What do you do if he is still a free agent? So Yeah, it's true. And, and he is a free agent,
1: which brings us to our first joke of the day from Adam Rank, uh, analyst of the NFL Network. He said he wants to tell Bill O'Brien he doesn't actually have to give away a, a good player. He can just pick up Fournette. Off the waiver wire. So he's a free agent. But, um, mm-hmm.
0: well, that is the, all the current events that are currently going on right now. That's why they're called current events. Uh, so let's move back into our position rankings. And so we're going to get into the position that I know Alex just has been dying to talk about. I mean, it was just obvious from last week. That is the kicker. So Alex, I, I just, everybody needs to know what is your top five list? Cause this is very, very important stuff right now.
1: I'm not going to draft a kicker.
0: Ooh, that's how hard you're you're pushing off on the kickers, huh? My
1: my top five list is don't draft a kicker.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just pushed you over the edge after last week when I. I don't know what happened,
1: but I I want I tried voting kickers out of our league, and nobody else seems to go for it. Um, I'm done with it. I don't want a kicker. I'm I'm actually I may not even pick one up off the waiver wire. I may do the entire season kicker free because wow
0: okay that's a new strategy the zero kicker strategy all right i would love to hear how that goes for you yeah Uh, please do it please i really want to see how those results are like so okay with that you know what screw it uh let's just move (laughs) on let's okay let's get into really the meat of it all let's get into the wide receiver position because yes this is the position where i am most against the tide of average draft position so Okay, well, spoiler
1: alert, DeAndre Hopkins is not on this list. Oh. I know. Blasphemy. (laughs) Uh, Number five, Julio Jones, Roll Tide. Number four, Tyreek Hill, Mr. Boomer Bust himself, but boy is that man fast. Uh, Number three, my redo from last year, Devontae Adams. I still feel like he uh, he did good things, just not all year long. He had some foot injury. Then number two may shock you. You'll be surprised at number two. (laughs) Chris Godwin. Who would have thought a Tampa Bay player on my list? And number one, Michael Thomas.
0: Oh, I'm very surprised AJ Green didn't pop in there. He was you know, number six. Oh, okay. That all right. Sixth man. Oh, you know, lower lower
1: mention. than DeAndre Hopkins.
0: Honorable mention. My top five. Uh I'm starting off with Tyreek Hill at number five, because I'm he's a boomer bust guy to me. So I can't knowingly draft him higher than that, but what he does offer is still too too good to not take him if he's available. You know, if that's the last, if that's the next guy up. Say after the, my top four, I would mm-hmm. take him. Uh, moving on, Julio Jones, your man, Roll Tide. I, you know, the man is a consummate professional, and you can't, you just can't kind of vote against him. So if he's there, you got to take him. Chris Godwin is my number three, so he's shooting up everybody's draft boards. I just after last season. And Tom Brady, suppose he's looking pretty locked in. So, he's probably going to be the top guy. You just kind of have to off of what he did last season and who the QB is back there now. So, number two, should be no surprise, DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's that good. And then, moving on to number one, which everybody's number one, is Michael yep. Thomas. But, yeah, the hop, he, he's – I just think that I really am kind of believing in that Arizona offense with that quarterback back there. I just see it kind of as Deshaun Watson 2.0 and he now has his legit wide receiver, which he hasn't had. He's had a couple of young guys back there and just, and Fitzgerald is still there, but you know, he's not who he was, even though he's still putting up better numbers than most wide receivers, still just not the explosive threat he used to be. That's who DeAndre Hopkins is. He is the new Larry Fitzgerald. So that is my list of wide receivers. So before we move on, do you have any kind of honorable mention or uh, value picks here that you kind of think would be pretty good in this mid-range round that might be available but still might have high-end value? Jerry okay. Judy. Okay, you're high on him, huh? You ask him for a sleeper pick? Okay, all right. I mean, Nobody, that's... I mean, that's that guy. Okay, I, I'm a li- little more curious just since you know we're talking a rookie here, but I, that's completely. I mean, fine do- with me. doesn't
1: that completely fit the mold of like?
0: It does. I'll be honest, that that rookie. I'm just a little surprised, but. Uh, Great. I love it. Surprises are great. Uh, I'm going with Calvin Ridley. I think maybe this could be the year that if he could start pulling it together and there might be starting the shift away from Julio possibly. And if there is, then Calvin Ridley could be the guy on the up and up.
1: We talked about this. They have Todd Gurley. So that's going to take less men uh, double teaming those wide receivers. So more men in the box.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. At least for the first few games. And let's see what Matt Ryan does. You know, He's a 50-50 guy. It could be Natty Ice, or he could be Coors Light. Who knows? Yep. Yep. All right. So, moving on then into the very most difficult position, which there is not much difference from my list and the rest of everybody's after-draft position list, and that is the running back.
1: Yeah, let's see the running back. I've got Zeke and Cook, Dalvin Cook, both at my fifth spot, because I really couldn't decide between the two of them. Um, so. They're, Come they're, on,
0: man! Make a decision. They're equal
1: value. Like it's I think Cook, Cook hasn't done. Cook hasn't been through a full season yet, so I'm. Lo- I don't. I don't so, have as much stock in him as I do Zeke. So if
0: your top four are gone, and your next man up at like and I Michael pick is Number five is Zeke.
1: Number four is Henry. Uh, Roll Tide, Derrick Henry. I think he's going to do a lot of good things, uh, and not in a bad way. Uh, <laughs> number three, Alvin Kamara. Number two, Saquon Barkley. And number one, still, I'm. I just can't believe it. I I don't know what's wrong with me. Christian McCaffrey is still my number one pick, even though lightning three times in a row.
0: I I am one hundred percent there with you, but we went over that last week, and it's just too hard to turn it down. And you have to. You, you just can't. You can't. Because then, do you want to be the guy who didn't draft Christian McCaffrey, and he puts up another season like that when you had all the proof staring you in the face? Like, yeah, so
1: you've got to pick him if you have the number 1 pick.
0: Yeah, I agree. We we've done a 180 on that and I'm I'm there with you. So, rounding out my top 5, I've Derrick Henry at number 5 just because of the wear and tear. I I am not yet sure, but I do think he should do good. Just injury is always my worry with him. Uh I've got Kamara at number 4, I got Zeke at 3 and I got Barkley at 2 and like we said McCaffrey at 1. And the the Zeke Kamara uh, at 3-4 uh, there, I've been kind of flip-flopping back and forth between those two. I honestly don't know who I would take. Supposedly, Kamara's holding out right now for a new contract extension. So he's going to play. He was there for most of the camp. I, I think he's just trying to play a little hardball. But if anything, he's got to go out there and really prove it this year. So there might be even more incentive there.
1: Who is your sleeper for the running back position?
0: Miles Sanders of the Eagles. I'm uh, yeah, really okay. Okay, him. lifer. Uh, Mine's an actual
1: sleeper pick. Uh, undervalued would be Eckler.
0: He is the, uh, preeminent undervalued or kind of value pick everywhere. If anything I've read so far this past week, Eckler, just his name pops up everywhere. So, and the, the, the logic tracks though. I mean, just Malvin Gordon's gone. You spoke about this. He's gone. There's not real much competition back there for him. And look what he did when he was the featured back. I mean, you're talking all kinds of different types of running styles between running and also catching out of the backfield, but whatever gets the job done, he got the job done. Yes, sir. All right, I'm telling you, Miles Sanders, though, dude's going to be legit, and he's tracking to be a lower-adjut draft position. I've
1: just so. never trusted their running back by committee. They've always had Sproles there to just eat up those little touchdowns, just num 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 it's num
0: It's moving. It's tracking in for Miles Sanders, man. I'm telling you, that is the one thing I am going to be pushing. I believe so, anyway. you. If
1: anybody knows, it's you. It's not me
0: that is our top five draft position rankings now we have a full week to go so both of us will probably have some uh changes and uh movement in our top fives with more homework done and more debating and more hand wringing over what should we do here and there but that's what it's looking like a week out so take that for what it's worth and we're now going to move into our strategy talk of the week and it's our draft palooza okay so <laughs> here it is alex one week left till the big day, the big D, the big draft. So like we were talking about at the top of the episode, very exciting times. We're really going to start doing your homework. So I want to know, first off, we're going to go through like a lightning round here. I just got a lot of questions for you, Alex, and let's just have some conversation about wh- what's going to go into your drafting strategy here. So first off, I want to know, are you going to do a whole lot of last minute cramming on the thousands of articles being posted of like who you should draft, what strategies you should take? Are you good enough now to just go with your gut and just look at these player lists? Uh, I'm probably going to make like four or
1: five different lists of position rankings, kind of like what we just did. And and that'll be a separate sheet of paper. And then I will take a, a much, much bigger piece of paper, almost like a board. I'll take a big board, I would say, and I will rank in highest of, of which one I want the most. And I will start putting together... Kind of who I want on my team, yeah, and and kind of trying to figure out where I can get them. Uh, so it's like I will I will pick my team already in my head. Like I will match a tight end with a quarterback specifically, and then I will build around that.
0: Oh, all right, that's that's an interesting strategy. I've never done that. So you start off with one player and then build to see who you want to be connection. All right, cool. Uh, I appreciate you not answering my question and jumping right in into the draft strategy. <laughs> So, it's all right. I won't let you ruin my flow, mess up my energy and excitement here. So, maybe I'll try one more time. Are you going to cram with a lot of articles or no? You're just going with your gut. Uh,
1: I'm not going to do either of those. I'm going to I'm going to statistically figure out
0: uh who the rankings. Got it. Okay, cool. How many mock drafts are you going to do between now and draft day, do you think? None. None. I'm not, I'm not going to do a single mock draft this year. Have you done a mock draft at all? No. Um,
1: I, I usually do two or three and they've almost always like, I find myself not putting in the people that I want, but if they're there, I'm like, Oh, I would have drafted them. And then I'll pick somebody else because I feel like it's like one more vote that may mess up an overall ADP. So like I may put someone who doesn't belong there just to mess up an overall ADP for somebody. Otherwise, I'd be like, oh, I would have taken Michael Thomas there, but I'm going to leave him on the board in this mock draft so that nobody really knows that I wanted him.
0: OK, so you pretty much just decide to do your <laughs> troll thing, even in mock drafts that people you don't even know. Yes. Yeah, so and you'll
1: start either leaving and then, people on
0: the board or yes. taking people who should not be taken and throwing a wrench in there.
1: And then by like the seventh round, I'm so bored that like half the people are auto drafting anyway that I just closed the app. Um, so yeah, I can't I don't have the attention span.
0: <laughs> all right. I'll be honest. That was not the answer I was, I was expecting <laughs> at all, but okay, there we go. That's why I asked the question. So I will probably be doing at least three more mock drafts. I've already done two. So I'm doing my homework.
1: Good. Do you look at the emails when you get them that shows your
0: team and do you sit there and figure out how you did a little bit? Yeah. I like, I like to see who drafted what, where, less the meet what I drafted more of, where other people went and but the thing is you got to do what you got to do though the big key to it is compare all the drafts together you can't just look at anyone in and of itself you have to look at all the drafts together and start to see if you see any trends that to me is where the value in the mock drafts comes.
1: it from. would be different if the people actually knew how the people like the players were going to do like if everyone was like uh, Zeke is going to have the best year ever and then you know you were you were trying to pine for it that way it would make more sense <laughs> to me I guess I don't know to each his own
0: Hey, I gotta do my homework, man. The trends,
1: st- the trends, just don't matter as much to me in the beginning because it's all based off like hype.
0: I'm very studious, man. I gotta do my homework.
1: Oh, I'm with you. I just, I think this is the year that I'm just gonna make my big board based off statistics, uh, based off of my rankings. I'm not gonna let outside influences kind of determine okay. who I'm gonna pick this year
0: that's all right cool see so now you're finally getting to my question of how many articles you're going to read none because you don't want any outside influence i like there you it. go good okay do you have one trash are you going to go in with like one draft strategy or will you have a backup or two it going into the draft where you actually are like this is my main one but i do have this side one that if case things kind of get a little weird i might change it up or if something feels just different for some reason or you'll go with that other strategy do you do that
1: yeah I always have my first strategy like I always want this player and this player and then as it it rarely ever works I always have a backup plan that's like if this position gets taken I've got this position still available that I will pull from so it's like I may think like tight end running back or running back wide receiver but depending on who's still there I may switch those two uh, together like I may do one or the other
0: So, and it's kind of like the idea of like, this is a hypothetical, you would go in with like a zero RB strategy, but then maybe you would take an RB earlier than expected because of unexpected availability of a certain player.
1: Right. But I also already would have figured out who that running back is in that moment. Like I already know it's Nick Chubb. You know what I mean? That that's who I'm going to pull the trigger on.
0: Got it. Okay, cool. So I want to get a little bit more into the actual big board strategy now. So you've already kind of went over of how you're going to build out your big board. You go through position, you have a sheet for a individual position rankings kind of like we just went through and then you're going to have your overall big board that we went through last week so i agree i this is exactly how i start my draft prep strategy i have both position rankings and overall big boards so that depending on how the flow goes you're going to know where they are overall but then you also depending on what's available you can then maybe just start stacking up on a certain position or something like that because of other positions are unavailable or maybe that guy that you wanted at that one position is already gone and unexpectedly. So you have to shift. And I think that's having the position rankings is all part about being able to be flexible and adjustable. So then you can,
1: I think having the position rankings is uh, the best for the later rounds because you can just kind of go, well, they're still available and that's who I've got highest on my list. So I, I need that position filled. They're it.
0: Cool. So then how many spots do you actually go down and outline before you kind of then just revert to uh, ADP list from like Yahoo or something. Yeah, like
1: I probably have like
0: 10 to
1: 15 max. I wouldn't go more than 15 on the Per position positions. Ratings. And yeah. then
0: how much on the big board? How many positions do you think you actually I like? do
1: about 200 on the big board.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, like after a while, it starts to kind of sort of groups and you kind of just keep going down. You're like, I got to keep moving this guy up.
1: I've been enough drafts to where at the end of the round, I didn't know what was going on. And I kind of floundered and just picked because of the pressure. And so since then, I've made the big board a little bit longer.
0: And that makes sense. And I, that's happened to me too. When you get in those those last few rounds, which is where you can find the real value sleeper picks, like your Mark Andrews, that's where that really pays off. Will you create multiple big boards?
1: No, I, I try to mold all of the the uh, leagues that I'm in the same. I try to all the leagues are half point PPR. You know, I try to keep the scoring system the same. So that I'm not doing – because if it's standard, it's a different big board. You've got a a whole other beast in the fact that you want running backs that catch the ball out of the backfield.
0: Well, if you're in a standard league, those people are savages. That commissioner is a savage, so it's not even worth being in. But it happens. It exists, so we have to talk about it do you constantly tweak the big board up until draft day or do you kind of get into it and finish it up by like Thursday or Friday and then feel good and put it away?
1: I, w- I would say up until the pick <laughs> there's still times where I'm like, Oh gosh, like I had him three higher, but I don't know now, you know, like I kind of heard some buzz on him today. So yeah, I definitely
0: lead it off that. Do you have a lot of second guessing on a lot of things or do you feel pretty confident in your picks? And there's only just occasional one or two that you're not sure where you want to go or do I'll
1: uh, I think there's always a choice. I think I I always sit there and kind of, I don't think there's ever one solid answer. So I I always kind of second guess. But by the time I've made my decision, you guys know, I almost sound like I know something you don't. There's almost like a sense of confidence where like people are like, what does he know about that person? Like, does he know about the coach? Like what? He really, really wanted that person. So there's, there's something about drafting that I do that really kind of, makes people wonder. And it happened in like little league baseball as well. All the men around the table, like, why does
0: he want Espinosa? Oh, you, you do come in with that kind of swagger to our draft. And I, yeah. I have noticed that, but then I know you enough that I'm just like, that's an act. I'm, not, I'm, I'm ignoring that man. I don't care what he says or how what he's trying to think or act. It, or say it's just or a poker face. So that when oh, I yeah. do
1: actually know something, you don't know whether I know something. So that's really all it is. Like, you're right. There are times where I'm full of it, but then there are times where that's an act so that you don't realize I do know something.
0: Well, lucky for you, you're a really good actor and <laughs> a lot of the other guys don't know what you're doing. So kudos to you. Thanks. Uh, so do you start your list from scratch or do you, you go off like the site's ADP list first?
1: So I do use the mock draft ADP that Yahoo gives you and that's kind of why I kind of troll it a little more. So And that's also why I don't trust it in, in its complicity because I know there are other people out there that are like me who are thinking ahead of, of that overall game. But.
0: So you think that there is this conspiracy of fantasy football managers, owners who go into mock drafts just to skew the ADP on the overall Yahoo ranking site or any site you do? We have
1: a private Facebook group called ScrewTheAlgorithm.com. We get together and we're like, hey. Why don't we put Leonard Fournette first overall today, even though he already got dropped?
0: Oh, right, got some construction going on. Nice. (laughs) Apparently,
1: it wouldn't be fantasy football interrupted
0: if we didn't. (laughs) So what is kind of your method of pulling your big board together? I mean, are you doing it in a spreadsheet on your computer? Are you doing paper? Do you have an app? Do you have a specific website service that you use?
1: Yes. So I I actually created an app last year where – but essentially – it's uh all in the research the there's not like a, a running device that like I wake up and I'm like, oh look at that uh, Devonte Adams is now fourth on the list instead of third it's it's all
0: it doesn't have an it's not AI it doesn't have its own mind no it's
1: not updated you know every 15 minutes like your text messages or anything it's uh it's purely based off my own research so. Honestly, it's a giant spreadsheet that only shows me five players at a time with like a notepad feature in it where I can write down kind of their bye weeks or why I do want them or who to stay away from.
0: I basically do a spreadsheet. I do a spreadsheet on my computer, and this is where it's nice because then you could do tabs. Like, I got my overall big board, then I have my position ones, and then I have the then I also drop in the ADP list from Yahoo, which is ours. So I have, like, three different lists to refer to because even if I get thrown off with my list, because I try to also keep track of who gets drafted, and I try to check off each person who gets drafted so then I know... You know, you got to keep a running tally so that you don't go up there thinking, "Oh, I'm going to draft this guy." Be like, "Hey, where is he? You're like, he's drafted three rounds ago, dude." That then, then all of a sudden, you get in panic mode and you're like, "Who am I going to draft right now?" So anyway, having the ADP f- actual one there too is beneficial. So I just keep it all in the spreadsheet; it keeps it clean and simple. I have a template that's set up, so it's pretty easy for me to just start plugging sure. the play in. So it's that's about the same. Yeah, and I do like to print out or use paper sheets the day of, though. Also, just sometimes that helps, especially in the beginning, just scratching things out. It just feels satisfactory, and it helps you kind of maybe keep in the moment.
1: Isn't that weird? Like, I agree. I feel like I'm going to be missing out on something. Like, if something moves too quickly, and I'm on the computer, and I've missed it, and it's still going... Something about paper just seems easier.
0: Yeah, there is an advantage to that, so I like kind of having both. But uh, if anything, I might just have the ADP list in paper, but then you know I have all my outlook, all my boards on a spreadsheet. So that's all I got for big board strategy. Do you have any other questions or thoughts to, to your big board strategy that we didn't cover?
1: I think the big board is pretty difficult to put together, uh, just as a whole, because it, some positions are. A little more scarce and other positions are more saturated so to be able to rank them it doesn't seem fair because they could both get you 15 points on a given day but you're gonna need more wide receivers to do that or you know I it just it's depending on the pool so it's kind of difficult I definitely value the wide receiver higher than the other positions
0: agreed and that's kind of when I'm actually doing the actual big board itself After a while, it starts to become just kind of groups of players. I see, like, a couple guys are listed together or in the same area, and I might just move them all up together. And then kind of knowing I'm not sure who exactly I like out of those three, say, just for example. And that'll be a game time decision of, like, which one of these three would I actually take if they're all available when I want to take them. So there's still a lot of flux in it. Like the big board's never set in stone. Even while you're walking up to put that pick up, that big board isn't the end all be all. You can make your audible calls. You can make changes. You got to go also with the feel. Uh, So what's your overall outlook for the season and the draft? Are you feeling good? Do you feel this is a weird one? Like how are you feeling going into this season's draft? Uh, Right now I'm a little unprepared,
1: but I'm not worried. I know I just need two days to kind of sit down and kind of readjust my spreadsheet, if you will. But I do kind of have a mantra for people. Uh, about draft
0: day. Please, I was actually that was my next question. I was just—is there any parting advice you want to let the audience in on for when you get in the heat of the movement? Great question. What like you get in the heat of the draft? Like it's easy when you put all the stuff on your board. You're like, yeah, I'm gonna get this guy, and I know where I'm at. I feel confident. And then you get in there, and everybody you wanted is gone, and all of a sudden you're like, what do I do? Like, what do you what's? Yeah, what you
1: so here's something to? I want to leave with people, and and you can't win on draft day, you know. So don't put too much pressure on yourself. You can't win on draft day, but you can lose. You absolutely can lose. You can bury yourself. So deep <laughs> that you are just, you're done. So that, that's, that's my motto of draft day. So don't put too much pressure on yourself, but put a little pressure.
0: <laughs> you can't win, but you can lose. That's it. Wonderful. You know what? I'm going to leave it at that. I had a little bit of a thing, but that's, that's too good. We're just going to end it on. Sounds that.
1: good, man. Where can we
0: reach us? Do you know? at fantasy football wins on instagram i love it you do know there we go and you can reach us with any feedback at FFIstrategy at gmail.com if you have any feedback if you have any questions anything at all just shoot us a message if you want to talk a whole bunch of trash on us please do we're open and accepting of it will you maybe read it on air uh that'll add a lot of fun to the whole episode so alex where can they reach you at for outside of uh your fantasy football
1: you can find me at Alex laughs on TikTok. Find a lot of comedy stuff on there and some dad support stuff on there.
0: Wonderful. Yeah, man. Uh watch out for those beefs though on the TikTok. I yeah, heard they can careful. be they're they're nasty, dude. Mm-hmm. You can reach me at Jay Straves on Twitter. If there's nothing else, Alex, uh good luck in your draft and I'll see you in the Zoom room. See you in the Zoom room. Good luck, buddy. I'll just add, I'm going to add my postscript of just advice, I think, for the audience. Uh, just do your homework and then go with your gut. Just consider this podcast part of your homework, just maybe the best part of your homework. But outside of that, just roll with it, man. After a while, that's a lot of what all this is. It's just what you think the best thing is for your team. And don't worry about what everybody else says you should do at any given spot. So absolutely, just roll with it.
1: You can always pick people up off the waiver wire as the year goes on.
0: And that's absolutely right. And that is how we've won our seasons before is the waiver wire is actually where you win or die. That's the truth. That is the football. truth. That
1: is where you win or lose for real.
0: All right, Alex. Uh, thanks a lot. And I'll see you on draft day. Good show.